0: Hello, and welcome to This Week in the Ancient Near East the podcast that takes archaeology exactly as seriously as it deserves. I'm Alex Jaffe, director of the Bob and Ray Institute of Archaeology at the University of Southern North Dakota at Hoople. With me, as always, are two academics from real institutions, Professor J.P. Dessel of the University of Tennessee and Professor Rachel Hallett of the State University of New York at Purchase. We're speaking to you from the Jacobus Pike Experimental Swine Farm here on the beautiful Hoopal campus. Today we're taking a look at another puzzling find from the navel of the world, Jerusalem. What was a young pig doing inside a building in Iron Age Jerusalem, besides getting crushed to death, when an earthquake hit in the 8th century BCE? What would explain the presence of this particularly non-kosher species virtually in the shadow of the First Temple? Was it being fattened up for dinner, and if so, by whom? Was it a particularly awkward diplomatic gift that embarrassed everyone involved? Or was it that the laws of Kashrut weren't really yet a thing? Are there other even more fantastical explanations befitting the world's most excitingly speculative archaeology podcast? That would be telling. Okay, so so since, since we're going to be talking about animals, I've come up with a very special lightning round. Um, favorite pet? Not necessarily um, belonging to you.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Well, that my favorite pet sense. did belong to me.
0: Oh, oh well, that's certainly that's we'll allow it then.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I grew up, I I, ha, I got I had a dog when I from the ages of three to sixteen. Well, oh. so that that's... you know, what was the dog's name? Charlie, Charlie yeah. the bulldog. Oh, bulldog! Oh, oh very wow. good. And she was the team mascot for my high school. Oh wow. oh nice. She had a little sweater, a little varsity sweater with an M on it. <laughs> <laughs> and she would when we would take her to the game, she would get so excited she would start eating grass and then start throwing up.
0: <laughs> well better Better her than the team itself, I suppose.
1: ironically it is a, a practice that I took up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I, I didn't have a pet except for a fish when I was growing up, and none of them were really my, my favorite. Uh, so this is a hard question to answer. I, I don't. I guess I don't have a favorite pet. I was always jealous that my mother who didn't allow me to have any animals had pets when she was growing up. So she had a pet, a dog named Penny. So I don't know, maybe that's my favorite pet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but did, did, didn't you know of anyone who had a pet that you really liked? Like you liked going over to their house or their apartment or whatever?
2: Not so much. Um, my good friend in high school had a dog. It was a nice golden, I think it was a golden retriever. Yeah, so that was, that was nice. Um, yeah, I guess. Okay.
0: <laughs> Alex? Well, we had dogs. They were nice. They were, <laughs> they were, kind, they were kind of stupid. <laughs> but, but I had a friend in, in um, elementary school and a middle school, and he had a, a Siberian Husky named Ooh. Snowflake. Wow! And that was a beautiful, smart dog. He also lived in a in a duplex in in um, downtown Philadelphia with his parents, who were you know very well known individuals. So the whole thing they made it that much more exotic. Right. Uh, you know, who who has two stories in an apartment building? It was just beyond, right. it was beyond belief. It was mind-blowing. Right, right. Um, right. Especially for, then. Yeah, nineteen yeah. early 1970s, late 60s, unbelievable. Yeah, that, right.
2: If, if I had known any Huskies, probably they might have been my
1: favorite dog. But well, I, there are <laughs> two famous, there are two, not famous, but there are two art, uh, uh, dig dogs that deserves some special mention. Tom Levy had a wonderful boxer named Sandy. That's right. Yeah. I, I
0: have that. a Sandy story, but I'll save that for another, <laughs> well, save man, that for another I, I like that. Yeah,
1: Sandy was a great dog.
0: Sandy was and, a great uh, dog.
1: And the the drafts person at McNay, Ares, I won't reveal his last name, uh, also had a wonderful dog, a husky, named was Elf. Was oh, Elf, Yeah, was Elf, a husky? yeah. Not... Elf was a husky and Elf was a great dog too. Right, that's true. I always
0: wondered how, how huskies could survive in the heat with all that hair. I mean, I'm not doing that well with all my hair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I
1: mean, it's true, but I don't think it's a problem because I've seen I see huskies in Israel all the time. Did mean, they splash around in the mud? I don't know. Hmm. I once saw a bulldog in a lot. Really? Yeah. And that dog looked pretty shocked. <laughs> I mean that that dog (laughs) that dog was almost gelatinous. (laughs) (laughs) At least least it's a dry heat down there. (laughs) Yeah. For a dog. My goodness.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but that's you you know, that's a good segue for once. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Yeah, the writers have really been on their toes this this episode. (laughs) Um, yeah, so heat, hot. Uncomfortable animals, pigs, Jerusalem. What's going on? And what is and going sh- on? We should explain to our listener <laughs> that the the issue at hand uh, is is the remains of this youngish pig found in an eighth century context in Jerusalem, killed by a collapsing wall. And I don't know. Was it a pet? Was it a was it food? Opinions.
1: <laughs> well, there are a lot of opinions in the... I in wanted the, to do it in McLaughlin style. <laughs> there are a lot of opinions by a real expert already, yeah. so it's hard to disagree with them. The right. expert says that it, it wasn't a pet. Right. So uh,
0: I think she's so wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <You> think, <laughs> I have a completely
0: new interpretation. Okay. okay. Very good. Okay. So, but when right. we get to that.
1: Maybe it was... Maybe the Royal House of David was their their uh, they weren't they weren't the, the lions of Judah, but they were the Hazars of Jerusalem. <laughs> Maybe well, it was a, a m- mascot. A metaphor. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah, they took it to all the games. <laughs> it had a big D on its sweater. <laughs> it a big <laughs> big proto-Canaanite yeah. uh, dolid. <laughs> Interesting. Uh,
2: right. But we should give this a little bit of context. It was found in a building on the eastern slopes of the city of David, not far from the Gihon spring, and it was found in a destruction, not a burning destruction, just a roof collapse or a second story collapse destruction, and it was alive at the time, that is, it had not been slaughtered, so it was this actually. When they found
0: it, it was alive when they found it? I just to clarify wait a minute <laughs> is that what i said <laughs> oh, no it could be interpreted that way okay. by, by by a listener who wasn't paying much attention say <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, but <laughs> okay not, so, yeah. not to denigrate our listeners but but sometimes you wonder what they're paying attention to
0: right well, True. i was fascinated and i'm just going to interject here yeah that you know this is two weeks in a row or how many ever many weeks We've got sharks. We've got pigs. (laughs) Right. What are we going to find next in this crazy town? Right. Uh, It's Drake Central.
2: Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, I do want to say, though, that the image of this little piglet skeleton, I actually thought it was rather adorable, either as a skeleton. It must have been a really cute little piglet.
1: It Um, was. It is an adorable skeleton. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a couple things, I think, that we can speculate wildly about because after all that's what we do that's what we're we speculating do. wildly because it's just a dopey podcast whoa it's... whoa whoa I, you know the university put a lot my university put a lot of money into this <laughs> yeah, what, uh, how is the bob and ray institute at southern north dakota at hoople
0: doing these days oh you know the grad applications this uh, this summer off the charts <laughs>
1: So yeah, uh, uh, wildly speculating, uh, it, which is what we do. Um, I had a couple of a couple of things. One is, um, how do we know they're Judean? These pig owners, mm. these pig purveyors, mm. or these pig consumers? I mean, there's this sort of axiomatic notion in in the few articles, et cetera, that say, oh, they they're Judean, but we're talking about how cosmopolitan Jerusalem is, right? That's what everybody says more and more. Oh, they have sharks, oh, they have pigs, oh, they have bull, oh, they have this, oh, they have that. Such a cosmopolitan city. And if, if it truly is a cosmopolitan city in the Iron Age too, then there are going to be other people there. That and is
2: wild speculation.
1: Maybe, no, it's, it's absolutely uncontrollably
0: wild. I, th- you, I think they may have stumbled on the, the, um, the mission from the uh, city-state of, of Ekron,
1: exactly, <laughs>
0: and oh, yeah. and we won't really know. Well, you know, well th- there are bullae apparently um, that were found with presumably with names, so maybe we'll know mm. uh, have a better idea at some point. But foodways are classically in in most societies a, a kind of ethnic indicator. You eat some things, you don't eat other things. You like certain things, you don't like other things. Um, styles of preparation, styles of, uh, of presentation. These are all diacritical sorts of uh, means to establish
1: us from them. In, um, well, and that, well that sort of gets to a second point that we can get that later. <laughs> Rachel, you wanted to? Well,
2: I want to interject in case our listener, perhaps our other listener, isn't as familiar with these issues as we think, um,
1: you as know. As we are. Eight, eight <laughs> <percentage>, <laughs> yeah. And we've demonstrated week in and week out that our lack of familiarity is our charm. That's right. It's true. Absolutely. Um, What was I saying?
2: Um, (laughs) That that this is um, from the eighth century, which we do think of as really the height of Jerusalem as the capital of Judah. So um, While certainly there's this cosmopolitan aspect, and I like the wild speculation, the reason that it is assumed that this is a Judahite, house structure in which this pig was found is because we do tend to think of this as as Judahite
1: controlled Jerusalem right But because it's at the apex of of you know Judean the Judean state one would hope that there were envoys and and folks from other places who were coming and you know representing themselves and trade and this and that and all sorts of other stuff so one would expect that there would be other kinds of people who would have those other kinds of food ways, right? And clearly, there's a very s- small trickle of pig bones found at Judean sites. Right. we and know we know that they are consuming people, some, right? So okay. they are
2: right, right. And here's what I was going to say. I'm going to speculate in a different direction. I oh, have oh, wow,
1: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I have to keep
2: going. Uh, um, I I would like to speculate that perhaps these are Judahites, and um, you know, not everyone is so observant necessarily. Um, how many Jews today keep kosher? Not right. all, that many.
1: And well, that's, that segues into one of my favorite stories. Mm-hmm. I belonged to a conservative shul in New Jersey. Growing up, we were kosher. Our house was kosher. We were architecturally kosher. Uh, but on Sunday nights, you would find us and half the congregation at a Chinese restaurant in Plainfield, New Jersey. And uh, and you can, you can bet that if, uh, those scraps of, of, of <laughs> remains were were analyzed. You would find a lot of those people were not practicing kashrut. Right.
0: Your, your picture is still up on the wall in that
1: restaurant uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. with,
0: with, with a big with a big spare rib wedged between my teeth. <laughs> you won the spare rib eating contest in 1973.
1: So, um, yeah, of course. There, if there weren't pro there were prohibitions, which clearly meant that everyone wasn't keeping kosher. Well, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise you don't need the prohibition in the first place. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And there's also the question about when the prohibition, uh, came into, came into being right. Is it a literary construct. Is it a mm-hmm. late literary construct that's being retrojected earlier? Is it something that, you know, actually came about earlier for, again, per, reasons of of ethnic uh, distinction or what have you or or is there some kind of a uh, basic ecological factor here as well right pigs no. on islands pigs on rocks right pigs no. where it's hot
2: well so so we should mention that there's earlier well-known scholarship that shows that if you compare uh, Philistia to Judah to Israel you find a greater proportion of pig bones in Philistia and also in in Israel than you do in in Judah so there there is you know some evidence that some sort of possibly backwards you know maybe maybe they were already um not eating pig that much because it just
1: wasn't part of their diet and then it got incorporated into the the law code and the bronze age evidence kind of points that out that that pig was a very small part of the diet of the southern levant in a in a very broad general way that they mm-hmm. weren't eating a lot of pig to begin with, so you know, on behalf of the biblical authors and legislators, it's a it's a good idea to prohibit something that people aren't all, all what already are doing, <laughs>
0: yeah. right? Right. So the the scribes in Jerusalem, or and the and their priestly overseers who are connected to the palace, are going through all these species that they have no idea. Right. You know what, what what's a what's a shellfish?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay put that on the list
1: right, right um
0: right. <coughs> you know somebody's brother-in-law went to Akko had a big had a big meal there they came back and they said oh you know they like it they don't like it but it, it's okay because you people in Jerusalem you're never going to get you're never going to experience all this so <laughs> you're not going to miss it you don't right. miss what you don't know right right Exactly.
2: But once, once you prohibit it, that also makes people want to try it, right? It's
0: the double-edged right. sword, just say no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we know how that works out <laughs> with other sorts of prohibitions.
2: Right, right. But, so so this, the, there are a bunch of interesting things that the article on this piglet drew out, which is, you know, there's, this is a place where food was being prepared because you got all this other, all this other remains of animals that have been eaten. You can tell by slaughter marks and you can tell by burning um, and you've got sheep, but no goat. And you've got cows and you've got gazelle and you've got waterfowl and you've got chicken and you've got mice, which I don't think they were eating. I think they were just mice in the pantry <laughs> and uh, a little bit of fish. So this is definitely a, a, a food preparation area. Right, but
0: pigs eat, a pigs eat garbage. Right, and and pigs are kept to uh, in some settings to consume um, garbage remains, which they then process into other pigs, uh, ultimately
1: <laughs> making it a real appetizing circle of life. <laughs> and, and, and if you watch, and if you watch the show Deadwood, we know that pigs eat more than just garbage. Oh, uh,
0: that's true. Um, what what movies? <laughs> Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. I
1: think. Was also, there was there some some pig it, consumption there? it's the
0: one where Brad Pitt plays the <laughs> the boxer and he speaks in this bizarre incomprehensible at snatch snatch Smash, right. yeah right anyway yes we learned a lot about a lot about pigs and what they can consume in that, uh, in that episode, which, nice. you know, that might be the most educational tidbit we've presented in <laughs> one of these episodes to date. <laughs> <laughs> Budding crime bosses um, everywhere. <laughs> <now> have, <laughs> yeah, pigs in urban areas are
2: suddenly going to increase.
1: <laughs> That's
0: right, but people keep them as pets. People. I think actually they were um, truffle pigs.
1: Oh. Because we know that those the rocky environment of Jerusalem <laughs> was undoubtedly truffle central guarded truffle territory. Right. There
0: is, apparently, and I did look this up in my one <laughs> tiny bit of research. Um, there, there are uh, desert truffles that that modern and pre-modern Bedouin gather in the Jerusalem area, or oh, south of there. But south you there. know, climate change—it was hotter, it was colder, whatever.
1: How can um,
0: you- and and uh, in the Galilee, there's a, a nation t- today, a nation truffle industry where they've inoculated the trees with the fungus or something to grow these things. So, oh but that's
2: different. That's that's enforced truffleization.
1: Uh, this is uh, this is a kind of <laughs> oh, oh my god. I let's let's not take let's not take a turn into the into that avenue. <laughs> oh, all right, so so
2: I'll continue with the point I was trying to make a little while ago that um, the excavators are saying that this is um, possibly an elite area or this house might've belonged to an elite class because first of all, it's sheep, not goat, which is apparently sheep is less common, it's more expensive. Um, there were bull I found. Um, there's this fancy zoomorphic jar, which I haven't seen a picture of um, and some bone jewelry and so on and so forth. So they're speculating this is an elite house but there's also the contradiction because apparently pigs have been raised by more easily by non-elites, by socio-economic classes that couldn't easily afford other things because you can well, raise them in your house.
0: But so what's this? This is a question of what what's really all that elite, right? In the in the in the Iron Age, and you know we're not talking about King David himself. We're talking Our, about we don't know that. <laughs> well, not in the <laughs> there's a palace in
2: your the, right a couple hundred years off right
0: <laughs> but uh, you know how many strata were there in the society to begin with and uh, you know upper class maybe maybe the upper class
1: had to keep their own pigs it's uh oh, or if it was the prestige food that you know was sort of being circumvented in the you know under the table Right, Ooh, on
0: the down low.
1: Right. Yeah, on the, exactly. Then then pigs might well have been the domain of the elite. Oh, I, I like that. Hey, I got some bacon for Shabbos tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Win. Right. I can can we can we take it a step further and say that this was a, a already institutionalized in uh, Judean society's practice, and it was because of this that the biblical authors right. got all irritated and then railed against it at some later period because they saw their elites um, were
1: transgressing and being, well, (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And that's a good, that's a good point because you always have this sort of friction between, you know, the prophets and sort of some notional sense that the biblical authors were. It's a dialectic. Right, it's a Ooh, dialectic. Yes, yeah. It is a dialectic indeed.
2: Um, well, it's, it's, I don't know. You oh, cat- might cat- be putting the cart before the horse or the pig <laughs> before the cart because look, so, so they're not eating pig much. So it gets, it gets codified wow. that they're not eating pig. So the elites get interested in eating pig and then the codification goes farther. Then you have maybe the Yahweh alone party prohibiting stuff. I don't know.
0: Ooh, the Yahweh alone party? Don't you guys know about the Yahweh alone party? <laughs> I didn't get. I didn't get an invitation. <laughs> Maybe I made it I don't even know it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the speculation is that monotheism kind of took off in a more serious way in the eighth century, and then again in the time of, of well, in the time of Hezekiah, and then later in the time of Josiah.
0: Um, well, that makes that makes some kind of sense, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and and who suffers from that? The pigs well that's right so to speak or <laughs> <Well>, maybe not
1: <laughs> but,
2: so were they raising that were they busy fattening this pig up for later consumption is that what we're thinking because it was only seven months old it couldn't have been very big we've seen the picture
1: well whatever they were doing got arrested <laughs> by the <laughs> got outstripped by the events of the day right 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 right, right. <clears throat> It, it's more, I mean, it would be dramatic and interesting if it were any small animal, any small mammal that yeah. was found as an articulated skeleton in a house. That would be interesting in and of itself. And the yeah. fact that it was a pig just makes it sort of a little bit more compelling. Well, uh, but
0: that's the uh, but that's the news hook. And that's why right. all the Israeli papers are saying, oink <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, Yeah.
0: Rather strained headlines and strained... Strange speculation about the origins of kosher, not like our speculation, <laughs> <laughs> easy um, speculation that we just throw out here for right. us.
2: So I just want to know though what this little piglet was doing in this room. It was stuck between a bunch of vessels and like big jars and the wall of this this room. So was it being sort of penned there, pending
1: uh, execution? Oh, oh. Or, well, I don't at think least you... slaughter. Can we not use the word execution? I mean, that's not what we do. I mean, honestly, I'm never going to eat meat again. We just, animals just get slaughtered. They're not getting executed. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, oh, we're going to have pita on our. Yeah, I grew up watching, you know, Green Acres with Ar- Arnold Ziffel. Ziffel. Yeah, and right. I could- never Patri- Patron saint of this episode. Yeah, exactly. I could never think about poor Arnold Ziffel being executed, let alone barbecued. Good point, good point, okay. Um, I wonder how they prepared, would have prepared this pig. Well, and that's a really interesting question because you would hope that it was being prepared by people who knew how to prepare mm. you know, a nice, a nice piece of, of pork yeah. um, as opposed to a bunch of Judean priests <laughs> right. who, who at best would, you know, overcook it probably. Right.
2: I, I'm speculating that wildly, of course, that this is like a kitchen area of an elite residence. And maybe because it's a kitchen area, so they're chefs. They know what they're doing. And while the pig is rather exotic, they would have done their research. They know how to prepare a pig.
1: <laughs> right. um, they looked up on YouTube. No, <laughs> so it, was, it was the Yotam oh, what's his name? O, Otolenge. O, Otolenge of the Iron Age. Right. I think the pig just got into the
0: pantry and it got unlucky, in the walls caved But, but the preparation issue is: can you prepare a pig in the Iron Age the same way you prepare, let's say, sheep?
1: Well, mm-hmm. I know that at Lahav, where they raise pigs, and and uh, and they have a a whole, you know, they have a whole little. Pork industry there, that at least in the 1980s, they imported a butcher from Poland to slaughter their pigs, um, because you know this was a this is a guy who knew his way around a ham hock. Right. Oh, that's That's interesting. That's very there's, interesting. There's some right ways, but
0: I'm sure that there are a lot of wrong ways. A lot of thing. wrong
1: ways, right?
0: And uh, well, that's interesting. So maybe maybe it's not the ambassador from from Ekron. Maybe it's just. You know, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Polish butcher <laughs> equivalent <laughs> from the the Philistine um, butcher, who's
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Dimitri of <laughs> Dimitri of, uh, of Ekron. <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
0: Right. Well, that's why the the bullae with the names will be especially right. especially interesting. That would be very interesting, yeah. because this is such a an odd, out of place find. Right. Um, yeah, that's frankly, true. I think it would have been much stranger. If they had found, well, you know, you find whole skeletons of non-economic animals like mice from time to time, and even somewhat bigger ones. I mean, we pulled skeletons of, of skunks and raccoons out of our ceiling, out of our, you know, when they did the roof. Um, but I don't know, like a whole, like a whole shark, <laughs> yeah, or, or
1: I don't know what what would be an, an unexpected animal, what, a whole oh. ostrich. A whole I mean, ostrich. I mean, we have evidence for ostrich eggs, but we never seem to have much evidence of ostriches. Where well, I'm the ostriches? going near one of those things. That's a things. very good question. They're yeah. dangerous. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. fast and mean. Yeah, yeah. They're,
0: they're basically, um, you know, kind of streamlined dinosaurs. And uh, and that's why you have actually exactly in this period uh, the whole tradition of um, incised Ostrich eggs as an elite object, from Egypt through the Levant, less than the Levant, but certainly up in into Greece and uh, and and Italy, and you know, because sneaking up on an ostrich, <laughs> on an ostrich nest, stealing the eggs, and right. then. And then making them into these luxury items.
2: That's actually a really good point. I hadn't thought about the angry ostrich mother coming at you as you're heading for the eggs. Yeah, oh,
1: man. Those are dangerous animals. Yeah. Sounds like something that an Egyptian king in in, in the said festival should be doing. <laughs> you, know, stealing ostrich, you know, I've stolen an ostrich egg I I, I can rule legitimately. <laughs>
0: probably and pay no attention to that ostrich coming over the horizon at me (laughs) but uh yeah well maybe maybe the pig maybe the pig was captured in some kind of you know festive greased pig (laughs) festival that has also been written out of out of subsequent judean literature right Um, like at a country fair today yeah yeah
1: Yeah,
0: maybe i think that that's uh, there are a whole variety of incredibly likely scenarios
1: right. that right. have to be explored maybe it was just a big diplomatic mistake you know <laughs> some aramean chief came with a pig and, and somebody <laughs> quietly pointed out uh, right you know listen guy you might say on the igpeh exactly and so and so the pig was shunted down to the very bottom of jerusalem right and what do I do with this? Have you ever out.
0: seen one of these things? I don't know what to do with it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then it's rooting
0: around in the pantry and it's getting into things. And <laughs> the kids are becoming attached to it because it's so adorable. <laughs> and then the walls cave in. Exactly. And, <laughs> and we, you know, well, thousands of I, years
2: I can't, later. I can't beat that <laughs> scenario, but the other possibility is a diplomatic gift because they knew that peat and Pigs were rare. And prized, and they wanted to bring exactly what was wanted, which was this
0: non-kosher. We thing. knew what you love. Yeah, and, exactly.
2: Right. And <laughs> by, by the way, um, if if well, regardless um, of why it's there, if they're going to eat it, they clearly we can see that laws of kosher are not established because they're not worrying about different vessels. They're not worrying about keeping this pig out of the kitchens with with all the kosher stuff, right? So, yeah,
1: they're just. They're fleshing out all of these rules as, as they're, as they're, you know, right. consolidating the state religion. Right. right. We,
0: we, this pig could have played an historical role in that actually.
2: You know That's what, right. if, if not for the earthquake or whatever destroyed the building, perhaps this would have been the beginning of pig eating, taking off on a
0: larger scale. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the, the word got out that some guys were keeping pigs. Yeah. <laughs> then there was an earthquake and they took it in terms of oh (laughs) you know god doesn't want us to have these things we have to rethink
1: look we all we all all were moving around jerusalem in the 80s and 90s all always attuned to a restaurant here and there that was selling steak lavon and (laughs) and you know these places always had a little buzz and they were always a little bit you know a little bit hard to find and they were. Go, you know one went out of business one went into business because there was always that that uh you know that market right.
2: um right the market for rebellious people like you who or me nothing
1: danger. more there was nothing more confusing than a than a young american jew showing up at lahav and being served bacon at a <laughs> at a uh at a uh Kibbutz on a on a Saturday morning.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <I> thought, <laughs> having violations all at once.
1: I thought this is the kind of uh, Judaism that, that uh, I, I didn't know from. Right. right. And then there was the and then there was the big uh, pig uh, pig roast at Lahav. And there was the big pig roast at Lahav, of course, that was fully endorsed by by this Shomer Hatzair kibbutz, this former border kibbutz filled with filled with pioneers. So uh, right. so that felt like a real endorsement. Of of pig eating, uh, in Israel.
0: Right. But did they know how to roast a pig underground overnight in in Iron Age Jerusalem, or hadn't really pig knowledge gotten that that far?
1: <laughs> well, that that remain that's still up for discussion. The,
0: the, right. It's maybe this is like a luau that they were, they were getting ready for. <laughs> right.
2: right. Well, I'm also still a little bit hung up on how small this pig is because you know as we've all seen adult pigs are these gigantic massive animals they are uh, this was not that
1: right right so this is the beginning of something it or it could have been bait and switch this is a pot-bellied pig your kid will love it it's a pet and then you know they they came to learn it wasn't a pot-bellied pig it was a real pig and then they grow to you know huge huge dimensions you can't keep them in the house and eventually you're going to have to Execute them, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, and, and
0: the childhood trauma that resulted from that exactly. was encoded into the biblical texts, right? Um, it's like you know, giving away your your kids—well, not giving away—it's doing in your kids' pet. It's Old Yeller, <laughs> in the, Old Yeller in the Iron Age.
2: Exactly.
0: <laughs> I got to write that one down. <laughs> But old yellow. Yeah. Um, well, can we speculate any any further? Do we have any summary speculations? Hmm.
1: No, I think we've
0: I think we've covered this pig in a poke. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, my theory of, of truffle pigs will be vindicated by biomolecular. I,
1: I, I think of all the all the wild and rampant speculations that that might hold the most weight. Yeah,
0: that would be interesting yeah yeah all right so I, yeah. I i encourage our listener to get back to us in in season season seven or season nine when we do the biomolecular evidence for tr- for truffles in yes. the iron yes okay.
2: okay um
0: okay very good so well if nothing else we hope this episode has demonstrated the power of human imagination in the service of archaeological interpretation. So we'd like to thank Erez Dessel, educator in residence at the Savannah Music Festival, for our theme music. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Soylent Industries, makers of Soylent Green. Try their new products, Soylent Red and Soylent Yellow. Remember, Soylent Green is, pe- I mean, it's all about people. To get in touch, leave us a comment, send us an email at This Week in the Ancient Near East, all one word at gmail.com, or send us a postcard at P.O. Box 1177, Boston, Mass., 02134.